needs some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China. Then this is your show, China Business Cast. Okay, everybody, welcome to China Business Cast, episode number 26. And uh, we were talking a little bit before the show, Shlomo, and we're both busy travelers, right? And it's been, you know, like an adventure as always. And you traveling from Beijing, right? Just came back about a little more than a week. So thankfully, I'm not suffering too much of jet lag. So that's that's good. So I'm back in track in Israel. Awesome, awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm still the border hopping in South China, actually recording today in Hong Kong. And I was, uh, you know, back and forth Shenzhen, Hong Kong as as usual, but it's been more regular than than other other times. Just so you'd know, whenever Mike and I are speaking, uh, he's always on the way. He's always on the way. <laughs> yeah. He's crossing. He's always crossing. <laughs> I, I I haven't done a recording like that, but yeah, when we have our own one-on-ones, uh, you, you hear me on a, on a train or a bus or uh, walking across a border and the internet switches off and I have to switch to either China or Hong Kong to get back on the call. Dead lies we live, right? <laughs> Cool. And uh, yeah, we're really excited. Yeah. So we did our first show together on 25 and the numbers came in and yeah, we had a, a much bigger download of listeners three times more than usual. So you've also been, you know, sharing it a lot with your, mm. your fans. So it's, it's, uh, it's been great and uh, look forward to keep getting more listeners and, and sharing more, you know, information about China business with more people and help help them out. So it's been really exciting. We even had our first, let's say, joint podcast review that we got from uh, a listener. So uh, thank you very much, Ella, for that. We really appreciate it. And we hope uh, others can do the same. It's helpful and very encouraging to have these. So we encourage this as well. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Ella. All right. And you're also streaming live. Well, not right now, but when we do interviews on your Periscope, right? And uh, so that can be live. People can watch us do the interviews. Uh, It's watching and listening. Uh, Maybe you can explain a little bit. Sure, sure. So even this interview that uh, you're about to listen to was actually broadcasted live on Periscope. And what you need to do is come and follow my channel on Periscope. And the channel name is Startup Noodle, just like my website, my website, startupnoodle.com. So just search for that on Periscope. And we're also going to have this on the show notes. We're going to have the link to that. So uh, you can go to the page and, and follow. And then whenever we come live, and I'll designate the, the titles for these interviews so you know that this is related to China Business Cast. And you can come in, really have a really interactive podcast and ask, ask our guests questions and ask questions while we're recording. That's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome, awesome. I'm excited to to get more interactive uh, from people and we'll uh, we'll adapt our show for that. So cool. And now I think uh, think we're going to get into our interview. Martina, do you want to introduce her a little bit before we we hop in? Sure, sure. I know Martina folks for I think two years now. She's a good friend and we asked her if we can interview her for the podcast and she agreed. I'm really happy about this. She's the reporter for CCTV China. So she travels everywhere in China and around the world and uh, doing their reportings from different places. She's a really interesting, interesting person to uh, know and speak with. She's got a lot of stories. Uh, and we found the time between her busy traveling to get her on the show and hear some about what she has to say about 
working for CCTV. So this one is a really interesting one. Yeah. So without further ado, let's let's tune in. So thank you everybody for tuning in to another China Business Cast. We're having a, a fun little pre pre start to this. So we have with us Martina from uh, CCTV Tower, Beijing. So thank you for being here with us. Yes, I'm joining you from a very famous China Central Television building. I wish you could all see it. It's uh, looking like big pants, really, of the <laughs> famous uh, GCT Tower here in the financial district of Guomao. Hello, everyone. We want to visit there, definitely. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You're more than welcome. It's just a little bit of a tight security procedure, so I need all your passport details and much more than you want to give. So <laughs> We'll talk about this after the show, no problem. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, okay. So, Martina, I'm really, really honored to have you here in the show. We're super happy um, to hear about uh, your insights. You're the business anchor for CCTV in English, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong about your title. And this, uh, thank you guys for inviting me. Yes, I'm a business reporter, so I'm more like you know going out, interviewing people, and doing stories instead of sitting in the studio, which is, I guess, much more exciting, right? Being in China and working as a reporter, so I'm more outside of the studio than inside, actually. So I'm a business reporter for CCTV News, based in Beijing. That's definitely very, very exciting. So I think that the first question our listeners would have is. How do you become a business reporter for a Chinese, the main Chinese CCTV station? It's kind of very rare. There aren't too many people doing it. Well, I am from Switzerland originally, right? And uh, you may know that Switzerland is a very tiny country, landlocked economy. So working for a Swiss uh, TV station would not be that uh, interesting. So after I graduated from uh, the University of Geneva in uh, Switzerland, I studied uh, history and international relations and Arabic and Portuguese uh, as well as a minor. I decided to go to Egypt for to Cairo to study television journalism because uh, I wanted to combine. My two passions of communication and traveling. So they offered this uh, really interesting postgraduate diploma in TV journalism. And I first spent uh, two years in Dubai and uh, other, you know, Gulf Arabic countries like Yemen and, and, and Qatar, Kuwait, etc., covering, you know, the Arab Spring, uh, lots of business uh, stories, uh, breaking news um, after finishing my my university. And then I found that. And, well, this is all very negative. Uh, I became a little bit of a pessimist, you know, covering the Middle East.、Uh, so I decided to come to China because you have this、uh, amazing growth story, you know, the the economy. IT sector, internet, finance, all of that stuff,、mm. and、uh, I applied for a job at CCTV because I thought, well, working for a Chinese company in China is much more interesting than working for an international news agency. Let's. Say like Bloomberg or Reuters here in the country because you get to know、uh, your environment,、uh, the culture, the language, and、uh, make much better contacts if you work for a Chinese、uh, organization. So that's、uh, a little bit my my past. So I've been here with、uh, CCTV News, the international English language channel, for almost、uh, four years now, and I really do not have、uh, any regrets because it is really a very <laughs> A very booming, you know, economy.、Uh, it's a very exciting job. Every day is really not the same. I get a lot of opportunities to travel around in Asia. I've just returned from Laos and Nepal. 
how to film a documentary series about what people outside of China think about the Chinese. I'm basically, you know, as a neutral Swiss journalist on the road, uh, asking a lot of people in different countries. Next week, we're going to Pakistan. So it's really no day is the same, which is uh, really the, the exciting, uh, you know, side of my job. Of course, it's very tiring. The pressure is very high, especially when you have live shows and broadcasts. But it, it really is uh, like the life experience that I have had so far. Very, very interesting. I follow your Facebook page and definitely, <laughs> definitely, I see all the amazing places you're going to. And that's very, very interesting. I'm happy I can take you on my <laughs> ride and show you some <laughs> of the exciting things that I can see. Awesome. Let's talk about all these stories you're you're mentioning. I mean, how do you get those people send you or that the mm. editor is working on that? How do you decide on a story? Yes, that's actually a mix of uh, different things. On the one hand side, you have breaking news, such as, you know, the interest rate cuts by China Central Bank, the People's Bank of China. You have the uh, devaluation of renminbi currency, etc. Uh, that is uh, one part. Then you have major news events, uh, like, for example, the Chinese President uh, Xi Jinping visiting the United Kingdom. Then you have event invitations, like, for example, the World Economic Forum in Davos in January, which I can attend again, go home, basically, to the Swiss <laughs> Alps and breathe uh, some fresh air that we don't uh, get that often here in Beijing. Uh, then you get... Uh, press conferences, invitations, like next week, you know, Standard & Poor's, the rating agency is going to hold a big kind of event uh, next week, uh, talking about their sovereign ratings. Mm -hmm. um, then apart from the, the news side, right, there are a lot of trends that you see in the world of business, economy, trade, internet with China. So you always have to keep your eyes open, look for these kind of trends, which might be interesting for people in China, but also outside because CCTV is a little bit like Al Jazeera English. So we try to show the Chinese perspective of um, the economy, finance, of business. And then you also watch a little bit what the competition is doing, right? What is <laughs> like CNN covering? What is the BBC covering? Um, don't want to miss like you know the, the big the big stories as well. So some of the uh, you know highlights in terms of uh, interviews have really been uh, Wang Tianlin. He is uh, the chairman of Wanda Group. Uh, he's uh, the richest man in Asia and about the 15th uh, wealthiest man uh, in the world. So that was uh, a really great interview. We were in Davos uh, at the World Economic Forum about two years ago, and uh, we really could you know, talk a lot about the uh, company's expansion, acquisition spree, how, you know, they acquire basically company after company. Just recently, Ironman, the uh, Swiss sports group uh, in front. So that was a, a tough not to crack because he's not an easy man to get an interview with. Uh, that was very interesting. And um, also, I, I like to interview people in the Chinese film industry like uh, Hua Yi Brothers, uh, Wang Chonglei, is uh, one of the uh, top heads there just because the film industry is so massively booming in China. I mean, the box office uh, sales are really on par, almost uh, like Hollywood and the, the uh, US film industry. So... It's, it's, you know, every day you have different kind of interviews. Sometimes it's just vox pops like men and women on the street that you ask about the impact of a recent uh, interest rate cut or... Just uh, this week, I was covering a financial forum, talking to a lot of uh, Bank of China, ICBC, other, you know, bankers, 
past. So no day is is like the uh, the past one. So it's it's really an exciting point in time to be here in China covering uh, the Chinese market. Awesome. So yeah, more about China specifically. I think we always hear about some of the maybe uh, differences in the way news is done in China with certain you know regulations or maybe. Is there any differences you you've done news uh, in different parts of the world? Is there different procedures, or how, how does this, how does that work with the story breaking in in China? Basically, there is of course censorship at CCTV because it's the state-owned broadcaster, right? And China is such an important country with uh, some 1.4 billion people. But luckily, I work on a business show, and there is really no censorship for me. None of my stories have been censored so far. I can freely report on any business, uh, economic or financial issue without any problem. Of course, it's a different situation when you work at a foreign news agency such as Reuters or Bloomberg here in China. When I worked at Reuters in Dubai covering the Gulf Arab region, it was much easier than working for, let's say, Reuters here in China, because the Gulf is more transparent, you have easier access to conferences, policymakers, etc. But here in China, uh, it's, it's a much tougher, much stricter environment. Um, a lot of friends and colleagues I have who are working at news agencies like Reuters and Bloomberg here in China, they have complained about increasing surveillance and controls. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, they get bothered when they go out into the field to cover stories, especially if they're politically sensitive. But for me, that has really never been any issue. Maybe I got like a political term wrong or, you know, misspelled the Chinese Communist Party of China or something like that. But in terms of content or, you know, story ideas, I really had no issue whatsoever. But in general, of course, access to information is very difficult. The National Bureau of Statistics, uh, you know, provides a lot of numbers, GDP, inflation, foreign trade and all of that. But you never know how transparent this data is and how accurate. Then also you have major news websites like Bloomberg and Reuters, which are blocked. As you know, uh, Twitter and Facebook are generally banned and you have to access with the very famous uh, VPN server. So it's definitely not an easy environment uh, to operate in. And I've worked in a lot of countries like Yemen, Syria, Mongolia, uh, Sri Lanka, Nepal. But China is really the most difficult country to work in as a foreign journalist. Sure. But also the most most interesting, right? And you, you seem to be doing great at it. So... How about getting started in China with your work and and uh, was it like a big big transition or were you just ready for it after after your previous years and in other places around the world? I think uh, yes, experience is definitely a, a major component. So um, as I've worked in in Gulf Arab countries, you know, in a, a new culture with a different language, I was also um, you know reporting in Arabic and uh, you know Arabic news events and covering and monitoring news channels. So I'm a very open-minded person, and and with this experience in my uh, you know backpack 
think I was a little bit more ready for China, but then you can never be fully ready for China <laughs> until you actually come here, right? And I have a, a lot of journalist friends who have just arrived and they don't speak any word of Mandarin um, and they really, really struggle. So I think, uh, first of all, when you come to China, a small tip, you have to start learning Chinese uh, and then just make a lot of friends, a lot of contacts uh, to I start off you, with. I think you know a lot of, I mean, except of Chinese, uh, I mean, following, I think it's your LinkedIn, you know a lot of languages. So you kind of picked up every language or every country you are <laughs> actually working for, working in and got the language. That's, That's amazing. Right, slow. Yes, well, you know that in Switzerland, uh, we already have four national languages. So there is uh, German, French, Italian, and Romance. So you have this kind of network already and this kind of talent and skill, I guess, uh, which comes with it. But yes, um, I studied uh, afterwards at uh, college um, Spanish and Portuguese, then later at university Arabic, and I spent a lot of years in the Middle East. Then also I went to East Africa when I was 18 to work uh, in a nursery school for a couple of weeks. So I studied Swahili, but now Chinese is my ninth language and probably the last one because my brain is also like (laughs) close to saturation and it is the most difficult language even compared to Arabic. uh, Chinese is much more difficult because it has the four different tone levels. The Mandarin alphabet, the Hansa, is is really very, very tough. Um, So thousands and thousands of characters to learn and to write and to read. Um, Mm -hmm. So after Chinese, it's definitely like I've, I've reached my my ultimate target. So in terms of languages, I, I will not go any further from <laughs> here. But as a journalist, you know, languages is really one key asset to have because I really believe if as a journalist you work in different country and you don't speak the local language, uh, you can never really understand, you know, this economy, its people, its culture, and you can not, never like cover um, this place with a lot of professionalism and a lot of depth. So I think really learning the language is, is key for any any journalist in any country. Very interesting. I must say that uh, except of the the information about how many languages, you know, I also found another very interesting trivia detail about you, which is, which is uh, that I'm not going to say how old are you. I just know that you're, I'm just going to say that you're 11 days <laughs> older than my wife. Oh, really? Oh, fantastic. Okay. <laughs> just 11 days more mature. I don't know that. It doesn't mean that much. <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, I found it pretty funny. So I, I really, you know, you're you're a very experienced journalist and kind of wonder, you know, what's what's the, how how do you go into the footsteps of what you did? How can you develop that career I don't I don't know if even to ask if it's necessarily in China or generally in journalism, kind of international journalism. So if you can please mm-hmm. elaborate more on that, that would be very nice. Sure. Especially if, uh, you know, we have any listeners who are interested in this kind of career path, I'm more than happy uh, to, to help and uh, share some more advice so they can connect with me uh, later. Uh, nowadays, you don't really need to study journalism anymore. I mean, it's not old school that you have to go to, to Chase School and, you know, get a diploma or, mm-hmm. or a PhD or whatever in journalism, but you have to create an expertise. So when you talk to Reuters, Bloomberg, CNN, BBC, all of these big media organizations, what they're looking for is basically specialist knowledge that you can talk with 
with authority about the, the stock markets mm-hmm. or biology or uh, politics that you really create your own special beat where you are an expert in. So excel in, in one industry, which you can cover with a lot of authority. That's that's really one of the most important tips that I can share. So you gain a lot of competitive advantage compared to other peers. And then, as we just mentioned, learning languages, try to boost, you know, your, your proficiency in, let's say, Arabic or Chinese, mm-hmm. some of the languages that not like everybody in the United States or in Europe speaks. So maybe don't go for French, don't go for German, don't go for Spanish, but either one of these like news languages like Arabic because of ISIS in Iraq and Syria and the whole turmoil mm-hmm. in the Middle East or go for Chinese just because of the Chinese economy soon to become the world number one superpower power or you know very exotic languages like Thai or Nepali or Korean where you can actually gain a lot of competitive advantage and uh, if if you really want to go for business journalism in China I would say like the top list of employers is the uh, traditional news agencies like Reuters, AP, AFP, Bloomberg, um, then also newspapers like the Financial Times or People's Daily. Or if you go for a Chinese organization, then of course I can uh, recommend uh, CCTV or Xinhua, Caixin, Global Times, China Radio International. Uh, if someone out there is really interested in a journalism career in China, then I would definitely recommend to come join a Chinese organization so that you learn the um, Chinese language, the work mentality, and also you gain access much easier. So I would say if I was not a foreign reporter working for a Chinese media outlet like CCTV, I would not be able to make so many contacts and and Mm -hmm. get so many like exclusive interviews it's really this kind of middle field that i have where foreign vips ministers central bank governors company ceos etc they they come to me but also like the chinese people businessmen business women who want to talk to an english audience foreign audience they, they come to me as well so it's it's a really nice position to be in at this point in time great very great. interesting yeah so amazing i think this is gonna be a hard one to to give a quick answer but you know you've you've interviewed so many amazing business people in china and around the world is there some kind of highlights you can give us on maybe some general characteristics and business practices that are or you know like uh, are different between the West and China mm-hmm. that maybe sh- people should be more aware of when when trying to do business in China? Sure, uh, doing business in China is definitely a big big headache still. For a lot of <laughs> I must say that uh, things are things are improving. Uh, things are getting much faster, but you still need to have this basic networking. I mean, uh, you all know the word uh, Guanxi, right? To to make connections. And this is like still the very traditional part of uh, doing business in China. Uh, Go out for, you know, uh, long Chinese dinners and and bring some bites you and and go to 4K TV if you have to. Um, Always carry your pians always carry your business cards because it will give you, you know, a certain face. And then what, what, what is a good trend is that this kind of gift 
you know, giving has really decreased uh, recently. I mean, uh, that's also thanks to the uh, anti-corruption campaign of the Chinese government. Mm -hmm. So basically, you don't have to bring, you know, expensive uh, Swiss watches to business (laughs) meetings anymore, (laughs) uh, which is definitely a a big advantage for a a lot of, uh, you know, pockets. Um, But uh, I would say that, uh, yes, um, (laughs) if if you come to China, you need to have a very clear agenda. Who do you want to talk to? Who do you want to make business with? And try to avoid, you know, the state-owned enterprises, uh, the very kind of slow businesses, go for the private sector. If you are investing in healthcare, then talk to, for example, Newsoft, which is based in Shenyang. If you want to do merger and acquisitions, talk to Fosun or or Wanda mm-hmm. um, in the real estate or tourism sector. If you want to do like uh, e-commerce, then talk to Baidu or talk to Tencent. So you really need to identify your target, do a lot of homework, do a lot of research before you come here. It's, it's still difficult to get like the contact these companies very soon because you don't find it easily, especially on English language websites, maybe on the Chinese, but uh, use LinkedIn as well. I found that even for a reporter like me, using LinkedIn is very successful. Um, You might not get, you know, the company CEO uh, contact details, but you find uh, the contacts for a PR person, for an analyst, for an IT, you know, uh, employee, and then through that door, you can basically ask for more contacts. You can meet these maybe low-ranking people first, you know, for tea and coffee. And then via these guys, you can climb higher and get access to like the C-level positions and, and, and really top guys in, in a company. Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. So, uh, Martina, I think um, we're about to finish and um, we just mm-hmm. want to maybe give our uh, listeners Maybe if you can say a little bit of what's the best way to reach you if people want to ask questions. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is via LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever you prefer. Mm-hmm. I'm a very you know open-minded person and I love communication. So <laughs> anybody out there who wants to reach out, please do so. I guess the best uh, way, yes, is uh, LinkedIn, first of all. If you have any professional queries and uh, want to gain some insight, uh, into the life of a foreign journalist in China. So uh, my account is uh, Martina Fuchs, CCTV. So you can just look for my uh, family name, first name, family name, and then CCTV. And then Facebook as well. So just type uh, Martina Fuchs, CCTV. That is also, um, of course, very powerful, despite the uh, great wall of China and the firewall that we have here. But we can mm-hmm. all access Facebook via VPN. And then I'm, I'm also on uh, Twitter and Weibo. You can also write uh, my first name, Martina, family name, Fuchs, and then CCTV, and you will find me there. Okay, we will add these in the on the show notes as well, so it will be easier for people surfing and and they, they can also do that. And uh, we hope to get you interesting people and asking interesting questions as well. Thanks yeah. a lot. Yes, thank you so much, Martina. <laughs> nice really. talking to you guys. Thank you very much, Martina. Again, super, super uh, happy to have you. Thank you very much. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry. China Business Cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.